Welcome to another episode of The Trend Show. Really, really excited to have a very interesting guest. So Adelaide is one of our clients uh, within CJ Coaching, works with Jay to have phenomenal results. But she's also a brain coach, she's got um, a very interesting background and backstory to tell. So we're going to go through exactly how she helps you achieve high performance with the brain, what you think, so you can see better results in life, and also in terms of how you can remove limiting beliefs and deal with emotional eating. The first thing I wanted to ask you, Alex, um, is in regards to um, what you mentioned about having like chronic fatigue when you were late teens, early twenties. What triggered that for you? I think it was a combination of a lot of things. So, um, looking back and like kind of working with Jade as well, it's been quite interesting. So you can definitely see that going into boarding school, um, definitely having a a limiting relationship with food. So I think that didn't help. I was bullied at boarding school. I then went traveling and I picked up a few parasites and, and chronic infection, which went undiagnosed for a year and a year and a half. And it just ground my body into the ground. Um, so it was a combination of different factors that triggered the severe chronic fatigue syndrome for me. And at what point did you realize something wasn't quite right and you, you sought medical advice? That's a great question. Um, I've not really thought about that. It was such a long time ago. It was probably my mother who pushed me to see someone. Um, it did kind of start manifesting in lots of different ways. Um, so for me, especially as during my childhood, I had gut and bladder, uh, bladder issues as well. Um, and during this time period, the chronic fatigue syndrome kind of um, emphasized those issues. So I ended up in hospital a couple of times with them, a few times actually. Um, overnight and they didn't really know what was wrong both in India UK and Africa so it was kind of an interesting experience <laughs> especially in India um so that's when when I came back to the UK I was like something's really not right and we started to find out well, what could it be but blood tests were pretty much coming back normal but my health was deteriorating quite rapidly and it was just not having energy to do anything I didn't understand that why do I need to sleep hours and hours a day, but still wake up feeling really, really exhausted? And it's not, um, it's a very strange kind of tiredness. It's not one where, you know, maybe you worked out super hard and the next day you need an extra recovery day, or if you've been partying really hard and you feel like hungover the next day, it's a fatigue that's really in your bones. And it's just like picking, like brushing your teeth can feel like running a marathon. It's really bizarre. And that's when it was like, this isn't normal, but there was nothing coming up in the results, the doctors wouldn't believe me. It was really strange. Or they would be like, oh, it's depression or it's something, it's, uh, maybe it's a thyroid issue, but none of the results were really that conclusive. Um, and so we really had to push for a diagnosis. And it was actually through nutritionists that we found out about the parasites. And it was through a, a sure. bladder expert that we okay. found out about the infection. And even once those things were cured, the health still was nosediving. And that's when we went to the top doctor for ME because we're like, all the symptoms fitted. And that's when I was told, okay, yep, you have severe chronic fatigue syndrome or ME. You'll have it for the rest of your life. It's going to get worse. There's nothing we can do. Good luck. And it was quite not like emotionally traumatic in a way because you thought like this guy would have the answers, but he didn't have any answers. It was quite extraordinary. So that's when I decided, you know, I have to take what little energy I have 
and pour it into recovery because I wanted to go on adventures. I wanted to go to the Arctic and Antarctic. Um, I wasn't going to let this stop me. And so I tried lots of different therapies and different treatments and nothing really had a lasting impact if it even had an impact. And then one day it was a week and three or four people like Adelaide, have you done the lightning process? And I said, no, what, what is the lightning process? And it turned out it's a three day program and they teach you how to rewire your brain. So your brain is plastic. It changes, grows and develops as a result of how you use it. And you can accelerate that process using specialized brain training strategies. And in these three days, they spot, uh, they help you to spot when you're going into stuckness. So when you're doing something that is unhelpful, that is no longer serving you in your life, they teach you to spot those unconscious programs that are sending you into those into that stuckness. And then they teach you how to activate and fire and wire together the neuropathways that will get you the results you want. And because the brain can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imaginary you're able to use a very deep and a very different kind of visualization that often you see in, for example, the sports industry to trick your brain into thinking, hey, you've always been doing the response you've wanted to do. You've always been kind of the best version of yourself. And because you're able to trick the brain into that, you're able to trick the brain into rebuilding itself in within seconds and minutes. And Within three days, I had fully recovered and suddenly I was able to do CrossFit. Um, I traveled and worked all over the world um, and was really experiencing a state of being I'd never experienced before. So it was mind blowing. And for my parents, seeing this person go from being barely able to get out of bed to suddenly walking 10 miles was quite a shock. And you really had to kind of reprogram the brain as well and re-educate those around you that you didn't have to worry about overdoing it anymore and you could do um, whatever you wanted. Do you believe there's a lot of people who are walking around chronically stressed and fatigued all the time that they don't realize? It's a great question. I have a few clients and we were thinking sometimes the symptoms, um, for example, binge eating is coming from being an underlying version of chronic stress. And as if the body's kind of recalibrated itself to deal with the stress, and it's like, oh, like I don't feel stress, but you almost don't feel stress because you're so used to doing this high level of stress. And it's like those, like I live in Norway and big coffee drinkers, they're like, I can drink caffeine at 8 p.m. and it doesn't affect me. Whereas I'm like, I had to stop drinking at 3 p.m. And it's as if you've drunk so much caffeine, the body has now got used to that level and it can handle it at greater quantities. And it's a bit like that, I feel, with stress in some of my clients. They don't realize they're chronically stressed because they're so used to doing that level. And they've almost forgotten what it feels like to feel a real deep sense of wholeness, one oneness with oneself and calmness. I always think that when um, when you get sick or you don't feel that good, this is how most people feel. And the reality is most people don't know how great it feels to feel great because they've never been in great health or been physically strong or fit. So they, they don't know what they don't know and they're just used to feeling like shit and presuming that's normal. And that's a, a yeah. sad reality and I think where a lot of people have a bit of a limiting belief. I know one of the things that you said that um, you have a lot of people with this in terms of like removing limiting identities and, and beliefs that stops people from saying like transforming their body or their life or business or whatever. Um, what would you say is the, the first starting point that you look at when you work with people in that respect? I always, so the first thing I'm always working with people on is language. So it's really interesting that you say 
that a lot of people are walking around not realizing that they can live the next level, you know? And when I ask them like, hey, what's your ultimate goal? What would you love to achieve? How would you love to be? As you said, it's always what they don't want. I don't want to feel stressed anymore. I don't want to feel overwhelmed. I don't want to feel anxious or, you know, heavy or clumsy or overweight or uncomfortable or tired or lonely. And the problem is, is that our narrative and our language is so strong around the things we don't want, which is activating feelings because thoughts produce feelings, feelings produce thoughts. You get in the cycle. Your brain is now rebuilding itself to help you think and feel in these unhelpful ways that you get stuck doing this limited state of being. And as you said, it's then very difficult for people to imagine, well, what would the ultimate version of myself be? What would that feel like? What beliefs would that person have to have? What identities would they have to have? And you have to retrain the brain and the body to think and feel in that ultimate version of you again. So when people come to me, I'm always really curious, how are they talking? Because the way that they're describing things to me is a very key indicator of the self-talk and narrative that is going on in their brain. And that's the number one thing I change is language, because once you can change your language and you can talk yourself into something, you're starting to fire and wire those really powerful, helpful neuropathways that will get you the results you want. And your brain is just like your body. It's a muscle. So the more you're able to fire and wire together the neuropathways that get you the results you want, the stronger, better and faster they become at their job. And your brain rebuilds itself, kind of creates super neuro highways to the results you want. And the it's all based on, sorry, to the the results you want in a, if you're doing it in a very purposeful way. Um, but equally, the brain will create um, neuro um, pathways to the results you don't want if they're the ones you're using the most. So you have to train your brain in a very personal and deliberate way so it will activate and strengthen the neuropathways you want for the desired results you want. And the less and less you exercise your certain neuropathways, the weaker and weaker they become. Which is why for some people it can be so difficult to think, what does thriving feel like? Because they've just never really used those neuropathways. What's your thoughts on um, things like brain training apps, like things like Elevate? So actually, I use neuroperformance technology as well. I use the app Soma NPT, Soma Neuroperformance Technology. For me, I think there's no better app out there. Um, and that more deliberately trains the brain to resist mental fatigue. So if we're looking at sport, everyone thinks that, oh, I'm slowing down because my body's in pain, I'm breathless, my heart rate is too high. But actually, they've proven in hundreds of research articles that the number one performance stopper is mental fatigue. So the app I use very deliberately trains the brain to increase its resistance to mental fatigue so you can perform and sustain a higher level than you would if you were maybe doing the same thing, but you hadn't trained the brain for fatigue. So when you become, when your brain becomes tired, you start slowing down because it's harder to maintain um, that effort. It also trains the brain for things like accuracy, for decision-making um, and for responsiveness as well. So with certain apps, I'm, I'm always a little, a little dubious, um, but I think if it works for the person, then that's amazing. If it opens the door for them, then, then it's incredible. I mean, even apps like Calm and Headspace, although they're not um, necessarily seen as brain training apps, they're still training you to activate the neuropathways for relaxation, for calmness. 
Um, and if it opens the door for someone to start exploring different ways that may be more unconventional, that will help them create the change they need to live their best life. And I think that that is incredible. It's funny, I was literally the next thing I was going to ask was about things like inside time and headspace. So like I've gotten out of the routine a bit, but I used to have a routine which was really good, which is probably back into where like I'd, I'd wake up, I'd take like a nootropic formula and I'd I'd sit out time and listen to like insight timer for like five minutes and I'd do five games on the Elevate app and like then I'd have to go to Merriam Merriam Web's dictionary and learn a new word and like try and like constantly like try and push my brain to go faster and faster and faster. And um, what time would you say is the best people for uh, best time for people to use like brain training technology? Would you say it's first thing in the morning or? Um, so if we're looking at athletes, then it depends on what season they're in and what sport they're playing and the the goal of using the app. If we're looking at just someone who would like to live their best life, would like to start activating the neuro pathways, I always recommend right away in the morning, like do not like open it's so tempting I know so many people do this when you you wake up and you open email you go down the social media rabbit hole but the problem is is that you're now becoming reactive and we want you to be responsive instead so I always recommend like what the moment you wake up meditate because in that instant you are priming your brain for the rest of your day you're setting the foundations for the feelings and the thoughts you want to be having and you're just more able to be self-aware you're more able to maintain those feelings to maintain the thoughts and really think so when I do my meditation it's about entering a very calm state but it's also about visualizing who do I want to be today how am I going to show up in the world what version of myself am I going to bring to the table and then equally you know what thought or what feeling what behavior do I not want to let us like to kind of um to escape my conscious um so if I want to improve my nutrition maybe it's like okay I'm gonna like with Jade's plan it's like, okay today I'm gonna follow what she has sent me or I'm gonna go to the gym today and not let anything else distract me um and then it's going back to well who is that version again um what would my ideal day look like so I really like doing meditation in that way because you're really priming your brain to show up as the best version of yourself. And because the brain can't tell the difference between what's real and imaginary, when you visualize yourself going through your day in the best way possible, you're and you're putting feelings into that, you're effectively creating a memory, which is incredibly powerful. So then when you come to um, come to work and maybe a situation comes up that used to cause you stress. And you're like, well, I'm going to react in a really calm and collected way instead. And the brain goes back to that visualization and helps you respond in that way. And then I like to do meditation before I go to bed just to calm the mind, clear it out. And again, kind of visualize who am I going to be today? Uh, well, tomorrow. Um, and that's what I really love to do. I really actually like... Um, Although I'm a mental coach, I really don't like listening to my meditations. Um, I love Joe Dispenza for this kind yeah. of stuff. If I want to go more down the spiritual route, <laughs> then I really like Pura Rasa on Insight Timer. And they tend to be my my go-to ones, um, depending how I'm feeling. If I'm really tired, then I'll go more spiritual. But if I'm feeling more energized, then I'm always thinking, who is that version of myself that I'd like to bring more and more into my reality? Something I think of a lot and a lot of people don't have perspective is that um, in particular like social media and external stimulus, like your thoughts aren't really your own thoughts. Your thoughts put in your head based upon what you see in your phone, you wake up in the morning, what someone says to you. 
which is why I actually think like periods of like semi-isolation are very important to like clear your head. So for example, I went away to the Maldives for like four days, didn't have the phone on, didn't look at anything. Just I read six books in four days. And I've never felt better, like like mentally sharp and clear, and like the shit in your head has gone. Um, what's your opinion on things like that and people's brains being like almost altered by um the illusion of social media, I guess? It's really interesting. So I actually just posted about this on social media because um I was with my friend. So I love I love doing those kind of practices. And I think it's really important that we put time aside as much as we can. For some, it could be five minutes. For myself, I'm lucky I can put time aside hours a day to just, as you said, just to clear the mind. And one of my favorite practices that I've been doing this winter is ice bathing. And yesterday, on Friday, we were able to kind of play around. It was boiling outside. Well, you know, 15 degrees, but that's hot in Norway. Um, and we were in the icy water. And I was like, you know, you can do some really cool videos and images with like when you're flicking your, well, not necessarily men, but for women with long hair, we can like flick our hair and it looks really cool. And there was, my friend was like, Adelaide, like you're like, get be sexier, be sexier. So we got like this, like kind of like Baywatch kind of image. Um, and thanks to Jade, like I like, I've always loved my body, but now I'm like really love it. And it was super fun. So we're doing that and it looks incredible. But what? I could have easily shown on social media just that, like after like 10 tries, getting like the perfect one. But, you know, there was times when I snorted water where like my head is like flopped all onto my face. Um, so there's all of these kind of failure moments and which are real, though. Um, so I posted that on social media. It's like a funny thing of like Instagram versus reality. Um, but it's really important that we think about what content are we consuming? And I did a poll and I was like, does social media content make you feel good or does it make you feel bad? Does it make you feel negative? And I think when I last looked, like 60% were saying it made them feel really negative. And it's really important that we think, just as you teach your clients and you've taught me, um, that you've really got to think about what food am I consuming into my body? But at the same time, what am I consuming in my brain? Because we wouldn't eat junk food all day, every day, but we happily scroll through social media and feel bad and feed our brain as you said these really unhelpful thoughts that actually aren't ours um, but it's like junk food for the brain and you need to go on that diet um which is more enjoyable and actually easier than going on a diet for your body because it's just defollowing and um, or muting content that doesn't serve you that doesn't take you to your higher self um and that kind of drags you down or sends your thoughts or wires your brains into all these different ways. And especially if you're looking at adverts, they're really fine-tuned to pulling on those unconscious programs to make you react in certain ways. And the news is really good at this, um, very fear-mongering in the content that they project. And it can be overwhelmingly negative. And then we think there's nothing good going on in the world or we think people always look in a certain way or they're living their dream life. But it, it's like when you have a glacier and you're only seeing a few percentage of like, everything below it um so it's really important that you use content that's going to help you live your dream life and you consume it in a very conscious way it's funny you say that because i i said to someone yesterday i like social media less and less every day the only content i actually like and i like really making this podcast because i like conversations and i like learning whereas you don't like particular way social media is now everything's like short form videos and that's what everyone likes like in a 15 second video, you'll learn anything. Like that's just the reality. Uh, or like realistically, whereas like you could listen to 
even just segments of people's podcasts are five minutes long like this, and you can pick up so much knowledge um, from the best people who are free. Or also, you could start your own podcast and ask people anything you want to learn what you want. That's an easy hack for everyone. Um, but it's interesting you pick up on that, and I think it's, I don't think we've really seen the extent of how people's brains have been manipulated yet by this. But what gets even scarier is with the um, evolution of artificial artificial intelligence is that probably within 12 months, because they can do it already, there will be people on social media who aren't real people that are just made up by AI. And then you don't even know yeah. who's real or who's not. And that's a whole like, into the matrix conversation, really. Yeah, and you're already, I mean, it's already being done. They've already been doing experiments with um, influencers who aren't real and um, in all different industries as well. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how does that influence people's mindset um because it's gonna it's probably gonna be the biggest transformation that we've seen in the world so far and just wrapping your head around that and it can be used in so many nefarious ways as well as good ways so I'm really intrigued to see how is it going to roll out as you said and how is it going to change people's mind and perspective in in good ways and and in bad ways um it's going to be quite I'm intrigued. I'm I'm intrigued for the journey. Yeah, I think it's um, a part. It's a bit like iRobot when that came out, right? But it's part of like human evolution. But like the things we already have access to now, <clears throat> you, can, you can imagine what like what isn't open to the public, what's been available for a while, and that's yeah. where these things are probably this thing's been probably going on for a long time, but no one's really known about it. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. What would you say in terms of like the the brain training work you do with people that? Um, the biggest thing is that is holding people back. So in my opinion, a lot of it is um, lack of belief that they can achieve certain things. So something I started doing, I recommend for everyone else is like writing their goals down every day. So like literally there's notepad out here. I write down like, uh, I am in the best shape of my life. I have a net worth of whatever. I have achieved X, Y, Z, like in present tense, because the more you say those things about yourself, the more you believe them. And there's an author who I'm obsessed with, he's a business author called Brian Tracy. And he talks about all the time in terms of like positive mental language, the way you talk about yourself. He said, one of the best things you can say in your head, like or even out loud, is like, I like myself. Because the more you like you, the, the kinder you're going to be to yourself and probably the more opportunities you allow, let allow yourself to have. I absolutely love that. I'm always telling my clients, like, again, like, who is that ideal version? And write it down. Like, what do they feel? Especially feelings and thoughts and beliefs. Because when, um, like, I have clients who are wanting to lose weight and they can be told, like, one of my clients a year ago was told, like, you have to lose weight for your health. Otherwise, you won't be able to do the things you love. And she loves doing CrossFit, ultra running, all that kind of stuff. And you'd think if you're told that, that you would lose weight. And she actually put on weight. And we were working together. And she was like, why? I, I want to do this, but why is this so difficult? And I was like, well, how do you identify? And she was like, oh my God, I'm this like heavy, clumsy person. So I was like, well, of course, all of your beliefs, all of your thoughts, actions, behaviors are going to come from that identity. I was like, who would you love to be instead? And she had to go away and really think about it. And she's like, okay, I want to be an athletic and adventurous person who eats really healthy to do the things that I love. And I was like, great, write that down. And as you said, like, write down your goals, write down your feelings. Now, if you write it in present tense, then that's one powerful way of doing it. But other people, they like writing it down in present tense, in sorry, past tense. 
So be like, oh, I've I've already done this race. It was really amazing. It went really well. This is how like I dived in or, oh, um, like it's been a year and I've been eating really healthily. And when you write it in past tense, the brain's like, oh, this is a memory. So you can kind of do it in two ways, but either way you do it and making sure that you're using language. So the brain can't process a negative one. So what I, some, well, actually what I hear all the time, even from like Olympic athletes is I go, oh, I don't want to be in pain anymore, or I don't, I'm not a stressed person, but the brain doesn't hear a negative one. So if I ask you or your audience, like, do not think of Einstein riding a purple donkey, like juggling five pink kittens. Did you kind of have an image that came into your mind or video around that? Straight away. Yeah. So this is the thing. When you say, I don't want to feel stressed, I don't want to feel anxious, your brain has to understand that instruction. So it activates the feelings, the thoughts, and the physical manifestations around, whoa, what does it mean for me to feel stressed or anxious? So when you're writing your goals down, when you're writing manifestations down, when you're writing, who do I want to be? It always has to be in this performance and life-enhancing language. So it's like, I'm this really, sorry. Sorry, you, you, you do. I like, so you want to be like, I'm this really calm person who goes through my day in this like a really amazing way. And if you know where you get tripped up on, so if you know that um, when I feel stress, I binge eat, then it's like when a stressful situation happens, it's like, well, then I react in this amazing way. Because you wouldn't come to, well, Norway at the moment in a bikini, you'd come with like your warmest clothes possible. And so we want to make sure that when, you do have these challenges, you are mentally prepared to overcome them and do a better and more life-enhancing response than the one that you used to do. 100%. The one thing I was going to say is you mentioned goals in there, and like, statistically it's proven you're in the top like, 1% of people in the world if you literally just set goals. So like, if you take nothing from this listening to both of us, just set goals for everything. Because like, literally in front of me, I've got one, two, three. I've got five sticky notes on my computer screen with different goals for my business stuff, personal stuff, fitness stuff. Yeah. And then I'm a big believer in terms of like having positive language around you. So like the middle of my complete computer going to be pink sticky notes said like be exceptional to be average. So like I'm constantly like push the envelope of like where your standards are. And actually one of the things I'd say personally for me moving to Dubai made a big difference was that um everyone's standards of what's expected from you in terms of um physically professionally or whatever is much higher and then you you rise to standards around you and i think that's why it's so important to put yourself in an environment like that even like say for example you adelaide in terms of like getting in great shape working with jade and seeing other people doing the, on the same mission it helps you a lot because you don't feel like you're in it on your own exactly and actually funny enough that's why i moved to norway i wanted the mountain really? and the outdoor lifestyle and in the uk i just don't have that like everyone's like if you want to socialize it's like mostly going to the pub or going shopping or going to a cafe and I was like I want to go for a walk or I want to go skiing or I want to you know I want to do an activity that is outside of nature and lights me up and in Norway it's like hey do you want to go like do you want to go climb a mountain today it's like or do you want to go ice bathing or do you want to go for a walk or do you want to go ski or camp and I'm like yes <laughs> so that's why I moved here was to create to be in an environment that supports me in being who I want to be and being my best version. You can do it in online spaces. That's why I joined CJ Transformations and your community is because I wanted to be with other people who are achieving the goals I want to achieve. Because when you're, as you said at the beginning, like some people don't believe that they can create the change. And if you're in a community where someone has created that change, then you're more likely to believe it. Um, and then you're more likely to feel like, oh, I can achieve this. 
myself. And so that's why I love it as well. The biggest, most common thing I see is people don't believe what's possible when they've seen it. And they see it like shit. Like, and then that person gets a little bit of success and they bang her off because it's like, it's like a flywheel. So like you get a little bit of momentum, goes faster and faster and faster. Or if you're in Norway, it's like a snowball going in a hill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger because you just get that momentum and the pace gathers. And I think the biggest issue I see is most people don't give things a try, whether it be dream, brain, brain training, um, fitness, get in shape. Like they don't give the snowball a push to see if it can go anywhere. They're too hesitant and respectful. We're both British and we can say this. I think that's very much a British culture of like, we're very conservative, not willing to like yeah. step over the line and try something different, if that makes sense. Definitely. It's, it's been interesting experiencing the British culture and then the Norwegian culture as well. It's all very similar. And it's always going for the more obvious things. So especially in my work, is you're almost having to educate people around what is possible. As you said, what you can get with this kind of um, methods. And even the athletes here, like I'm always blown away. In America, you have athletes on these amazing mindset programs and brain training programs. But in, in England and the UK, it's like it has to be conventional. And even then, they would much rather fine-tune a bike or a wetsuit or a tri-suit or whatever piece of equipment it is um, or their body than actually look at the brain. I always find it kind of mind-blowing because the brain influences every single thing you do like you just it's influencing how fast you can go and it's I think it's one of the last frontiers especially in sport where you're going to see some of the biggest advantages um and Formula One knows this their athletes do so much brain training it's incredible but it's just not quite percolated over into other sports yet why do you, why do you think that is um I think <laughs> It's quite an unpopular opinion. <laughs> um, so when I'm one of the barriers I face is sport is a male dominated industry. There's right. a lot of egos and a bit like the chronic fatigue syndrome. Where if my doctor doesn't believe in it, how can you have something that isn't believed in? And very much like here is like mindset. Oh, it's not that important in order for them to ski faster, to run faster or to do whatever the athlete needs to do. You know, it's to do with the body. It's to do with the equipment they're using. It's not really to do with the brain. Um, or if it is, it's like on a very basic level. Um, but even in sports psychology, it's been quite interesting doing my master's because although there's a lot of research, um, the ways that I've been taught and experienced how the brain works is still not quite integrated into the psychological research that I'm reading quite yet. Um, so traditionally, it's thought that it takes a long time to create change and it's very difficult to create change. And maybe you can't fully transform certain things like anxiety you can reduce it but maybe you can't remove it but having gone from being bedridden to then being able to do Ironmans and being able to cross-country ski across Svalbard being able to you know ski for six hours um, on Saturday and Sunday and exercise one to two hours Monday to Friday I understand that the brain my belief and my map of the world is actually the brain is very easy to change um, and it can be done very quickly and I think I'll be most excited when we start seeing that in sport and in you know our lives as well. Um, but at the moment, the majority of people who are running these programs, who are running the sports schools or running athletic programs, um, they tend to be a lot older. They do tend to be men. And they have a very specific view and belief of the world and the way that the brain actually works doesn't always fit in with that. 
um, and it's not seen to be as important. Um, so, for example, for here, they'd much rather outsource it to an app or to, oh, well, if they need help, then they have a psychologist they can access. But if you have teenage girls who have eating disorders, they may not feel comfortable to reach out to a man or actually they don't realize what they have is a severe disorder or an issue that needs to be changed. So they don't reach out for help. And we see this in adults as well. Like we don't always reach out for help when we actually need it. Um, and I have um, my athletes are high performers who are using the neuroperformance technology app. And even then they, they're like, oh, yeah, I've done it, but it's not really worked. Or I'm not really seeing the experiences. I'm like, you do know I can see exactly when you logged in. I can see when you have done your training and when you haven't. And you're lying to me right now. And they're like, oh, crap, I haven't actually done it. Like, And then they go back and they do it. But I'm like, if you're not monitoring children doing that or your athletes using an app, if I can't get my adults to do it who are paying me a lot of money, I don't think that those teenagers are doing it. And I also know from having worked with them that they don't always have the vocabulary to really express and to understand what am I doing stuckness around because I just feel bad. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to not really understanding the power of the brain and not really willing um, to necessarily open the door to what could be possible if they put in a mindset curriculum. Because from my point of view, if you had um, a psychologist in who could create a program for your athletes for the entire year and teach them to spot when they're doing stuckness, how to train the brain to get the results they want, you wouldn't necessarily have as many athletes being stuck with severe issues because you'd have caught that much, much earlier on in, in its um, in its journey or in its progression. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on the mindset side of things and the mental performance coaching needs to be um, pushed. And I think the body will only go where the mind takes it. And I think this will only change when one athlete comes out who's the best in the world at something and he pushes this as the main thing that's different. So, like, to give an example, if you look at, like, basketball, for Michael Jordan, no basketball player would ever do any weight training because, like, it makes you big, it's bulky, like, it ruin your game. Michael Jordan comes out, starts working with Tim Grover, starts doing weight training, best basketball player in history, and then everyone's like, oh, we need to do weight training. And, like, that's what happens over, like, a fucking, like a year, everyone's mind shift of, like, we need to go and do this now because one person is, is, is doing it, then everyone else will follow. I think everyone else is a little bit like sheep and they would follow whoever is the number one person at the time. Yeah. And again, it's changing that belief as well, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. science, a belief is so presented to us. It's like a truth. And until we have like insurmountable evidence against it, mm -hmm. it's very difficult for that belief to come crumbling down. But eventually it does. Uh, is it irrefutable? It's the same, I know. I, I, this is a weird fitness analogy, right? It's the same as a lot of fitness trainers who are very knowledgeable, but they look really shit. There's, some, there's an element of sometimes it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. And I think there's an element of that in that situation where um, probably deep down people are like I mean, head of UK sport or whatever, probably feel it is correct, but they're reluctant to put their neck on the line when there's nothing, there's no one else who's a big superstar who's like, I need to do this thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I completely agree. So I'm really, I'm really excited for when that happens because I think it will open the door to so many transformations and really incredible performances once people start to really deliberately train the brain for the for a life that they love not just to maximize performance but to be like to because sometimes I have an athlete's won a race and he's like I feel like I failed like I'm miserable about my performance I'm like 
you just broke the like a record or you just won that race. Um, so I think once you start to understand this is how I can manage my mind and make it work for me, you free yourself up for all of this potential and to really live a life that you are deeply in love with, which is um, in a way more important than the performance because you can have a great performance or a bad performance um, and have equally awful feelings about it. But if you are able to manage the mind, you're always, if you have like a not so great performance, you can learn from it and make the next one even better. And if you have an amazing performance and you're able to really fully celebrate in that. Agreed, Lee. Um, to finish, finish up, if some of the audience listen to this, what's the one thing they should do tomorrow that they should take away that's the easiest thing for them to implement that's going to have the biggest outcome for them? That's a really great question. Um, I think in order to to go where you want to go, you need to go, you need to know where that is. Um, so if we want to become the best version of ourselves, well, what does that look like, feel like? What identity do I need to have? What belief do I need to have? And as you said, write it down, read it every day. Like you want that version of you to be imprinted into your DNA. So it just becomes second nature for you to be this amazing version of yourself. But you've really got to know who is that person? How can I bring that person into my life today? What behaviors would they have, thoughts and feelings? And it's just making sure that you are continuously doing those things to help you bring that person in with her goals and dreams into your reality. Um, to finish up, where's the best place for anyone to find out about you, what you do and um, if they're interested in the brain training or how you can help them? Great. So you can find me on my website, which is adelaidegoodeve.com. I'm also on Instagram, which is adelaidegoodeve. I share um, brain training, hacks, and also my life in Norway, if you want to see what that's like. Um, but I'm really actually most excited about talking about podcasts. Um, I'm diving back into the podcast um, world for a secret podcast, um, which dives into, expands on what we've spoken about today. And you can sign up through adelaidegoodeve.com forward slash bootcamp. Awesome. Uh, I'll put all the show notes below with the links and everything to you check that out. So thank you very much really for your time. Really, really appreciate it. If anyone listens to this, make sure you mention it well. Uh, leave us five-star reviews, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you next episode very, very soon.